0: This is a podcast from the children's radio station, Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com.
1: The Fun Kids Book Club with Pages and Co. Tilly and the map of stories. Strange things are happening. Wandering in layers of story, Tilly Pages and her friend Oscar come up against dangers they could never have expected.
0: this is Bex, welcome to the Fun Kids Book Club podcast. Do I have a treat for you today? Do I? Oh no, I do, I do, I definitely do. Today you can hear what happened when I chatted to Loris Owen. She has an amazing brand new book out, so let's dive right in. So I'm joined uh, down the line by author Loris Owen. Hi, Loris, how are you doing? Hello, I'm great. Thank you for having me on your bookie chat show. How are you doing? Bookie chat show, I love that. You can come again <laughs> just for that line alone. Um, um, Grant, thank you so much. I am very excited because am I right in thinking that the 10 riddles of Eartha Quicksmith, the new book you've got, is
1: your first kids book. Is that right? That's right. Yes, it's the first, um, it's the first book in hopefully a series. And yeah, it's, it's my very first book. Now, it follows the
0: journey of Kip. Um, and you start off, you find out a little bit about Kip and his family. You can you tell us a bit about his background?
1: Yeah, so um, Kip is a 12-year-old boy, and his five favourite things are time with his dad, his pet flying squirrel, Pinky, chess, climbing trees, and, of course, puzzles. And after moving to London, Kip's finding it really hard to fit into his new school. He's there with his, with his dad. He's absolutely brilliant, and they get on really well, but his dad works a lot, so Kip's quite lonely, and he's not really making friends at his new school. Um, They're trying to make a happy life for themselves, but everything they do is overshadowed by this family tragedy that happened years ago.
0: And Kip is also quite a big fan of puzzles.
1: That's right, yes. Um, Kip is a big fan of puzzles, and someone starts leaving these puzzles around for him to find, and this trail of brain teasers leads him to Christmas College of Strange Energy.
0: Now, Quicksmith is a really interesting place because uh, it's a boarding school and and we may have read lots of things about kids going off to boarding school, but this is based in science, not magic, really.
1: That's right. So strange energy is um, these mysterious and incredible natural forces that are sort of swirling all around us, but only a group of very special people can see them. And of course, these are people from all over the world um and they've got these receptors inside their bodies that we all have and so as babies we can sense strange energy but as we get, get older we lose this ability um and a, a few special people keep the ability to see and feel strange energy
0: and yeah when he's there he meets uh, he makes loads of new friends which is lovely seeing as he's come from a place where he's been finding it quite tricky
1: that's right yeah he so he makes a new best friend albert who's just absolutely awesome he's great fun and, and he's really loyal and and really smart um and then they uh they have two girls from the the year above Leela and timmy who at first they're not sure about uh, they seem a bit nosy but eventually they you know they really prove themselves and they form a team together to try and solve all of the riddles
0: yeah and can you tell us a bit about this strange energy you've got so many different types of it
1: <laughs> yeah, so the uh, boys, when they first get to school, they, they learn about the, the big five strange energies, and that's wormholes, um, timeyon, which is a type of strange energy like threads that run through time and can be used to change time, then thought waves, which is uh, an unseen energy that we, all living things, create when they have thoughts, and slipstream, which is like a sort of river of energy that moves around the world. And finally, Sky Crackle, which is plasma from the upper atmosphere. There's also a sixth strange energy, which is ultra strange and ultra, ultra mysterious. And it's called Eon Light. And nobody really knows what it is.
0: And these all form part of how the school works and all the things that they're discovering on
1: the the adventure they go on. Yes, that's right. So there's lots of inventions at the school which use strange energies. And there are lots more, but we don't learn about them in this book. Um, So there's all sorts of things like the wormhole generator that they use to make wormholes. And there's skimmies, which are like these sort of gliding discs that you can fly around on. And all sorts of crazy things that that are going on at the school. And they also need to know a strange energy in order to solve the riddles. So
0: tell me, you've got loads of kind of cool creatures in the book as well. Can you explain a little bit about them?
1: Yes, sure. So there's Pinky, the flying squirrel. And uh, flying squirrels are... They're actually real animals and they you find them in three continents in the world. Um, Pinky is actually a southern flying squirrel from North America. And um, the amazing thing about these squirrels is that they actually glow pink in ultraviolet light. And wow. So... Um, that's a, Pinky is Kip's pet, and then there's the mowl, and nobody really knows exactly what the mowl is. Kip and Albert describe him as being like four or five animals smooshed together. He's got little hands like an otter, but he also has wings and tummy fur and a little fat tail, and he's quite naughty but very lovable.
0: I did read your bit about the mowl and I googled it and I was like, oh, it's, I was like, is it real? Is it?" Is it <laughs> I was, and I tried to find, I did find some people online have made pictures of mowls um,
1: and they look pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so if you look on the cover of the book, you can actually spot the mowl there. Um, I, I think the, you know, Pinky and the mowl, they're almost like my own pets. And we don't have pets at the moment. I've, I've always, most of my life I've had animals around. I absolutely love animals. And um, because we're living in an apartment at the moment, and while I was writing the book, we, we didn't have pets. And so I think this, um, the fact that I missed having pets so much worked its way into the book and appeared in the form of Pinky and the Mowl. So we mentioned the creatures in the book. Tell me about the Mowl. I want to talk about the
0: noises, Loris.
1: The Mowl makes these unusual noises. And um, he, he actually makes lots of them, but there, there are four main ones. And I thought today we could try, if I do them first, maybe you could have a go as well. Yep, go for it. So first up, which one? <clears throat> Brilliant. Okay, so um, there are four sounds, lyrip, werble, freep, and toch. So I think we'll start with the, really, with the easiest one, which is probably freep. And freep means I'm hungry, or um, let's eat. Okay. So, so that goes... Freep.
0: Freep. Oh, you're, you're rolling your R's there, aren't you? Yes. Okay, not roll your R's? No,
1: terribly. Well, I'll give it a try. Um, Freep! I can't roll my R's. Never have been able to. Freep. Yeah, I can't do it. Well, maybe, the, maybe, the, maybe there are some mouths out there who can't roll their R's too. Oh, I hope so. Uh, what, would, what was another one that I could maybe do that doesn't involve okay. rolling my R's? Okay, so then there's Werbel, which doesn't have a rolled R, and that's sort of deep in the back of your throat, like... Oh, that's a frog-like.
0: <laughs> you have to um, give yourself a
1: double chin. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what, what other noises do we have on the table here? Oh, so, Werble is just a noise he makes. Generally, um, it could mean anything. And then we've got chalk, which is, like, his alarm sound if he sees something dangerous or something that worries him. And that's, like, Chachark, Chachark. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. That's brilliant. A, I would definitely do that for a first time go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> you're a pro. What's
0: what's the the final way that I can
1: pretend to be a mouse? <laughs> <laughs> so the last one is uh, lyrip, and I'm afraid this has a really big rolled R, so I oh, don't no. know this is going to be one for you. But um, this is what the noise he makes when he's happy, and it means I'm happy or let's play, and it goes Sarrap! i mean
0: yeah that's i can't i can't my heart. what is my problem never been able to do it yeah yeah we'll, we'll, we'll
1: stick with the and the webbles you.
0: i know my place and my place is making a double chin as i do a low so yeah tell me what uh,
1: what are they up to at the school because they've got they have go a bit of a
0: they've got a bit of a quest i guess so
1: the, the 10 riddles, what happens is on the first day of school, they read out that Eartha Quicksmith's letter to the whole college. And Eartha was this brilliant genius who disappeared mysteriously 400 years ago. And she left a letter. You're welcome. Thanks. For, thanks for playing along. That announces a treasure hunt. And to find the treasure, they have to solve these 10 riddles that are scattered throughout Quicksmith's. Um, Eartha also says in the letter that there are only 10 days. And if they don't find the treasure in the 10 days, then it will be lost forever.
0: It's really, really exciting. I've got to say, well, first of all, by the way, I love that you've got websites in the book and I did actually type them into Google and it went straight to a website about the book, which is great.
1: (laughs) Yes. um, uh, Well, I mean, I I think um, the the idea is that there is quite a lot of science fantasy in the book and so not to have websites and kind of modern technology would be quite strange. Uh, But yes, I like the idea of of having little clues and trails uh, within the book that that go somewhere else. We've actually got some extra bonus puzzles in the book for um, people to solve on top of the, the riddles that are already there within the story and and there'll be information about that on the website and also on the inside cover of the book
0: and what was it like writing the riddles because i find them hard enough to finish
1: let alone to to make up it, it's so much fun Sometimes um, sometimes you get one that just fits perfectly and it, you know, you just slot it into the story and it, off it goes and plays with it. its riddle friends and everything's fine. And, and then sometimes you have to work on them a lot harder and tweak them to make sure that they fit with the story and, and all the strange energy that they need to, to solve them. But I must say, when, some, when someone gets a riddle, it's such a brilliant feeling because you kind of make this connection with someone who you don't even know necessarily. Uh, so I've, when I've been reading reviews and people have said they've been excited to solve a riddle, I'm like,
0: yes, yay! it's like my birthday so you mentioned this is the beginning of a series uh, are you saying that we're going to see more from kip and the gang at school
1: yes definitely um, i can't really say much more at at the moment but i am working on the second book in the series which uh, the working title is into the myriads there's kind of a clue at the end of the first book as to what that's about but um, my lips are sealed for the moment
0: awesome stuff right we're going to be back with more from loris after a few tunes so I am joined down the line by Loris Owen. Now, Loris, you've got a brand new book out, but I don't know what you know about me. Uh, I know you love your riddles, but I love my quizzes. So I thought I'd do a quick fire round of questions with you right now. Is that OK? Absolutely. Excellent stuff. So basically, it's quick fire round of questions. Tell me your favourite. First up, books or Kindles? Books. Books every time. Definitely. Heroes, heroes or villains?
1: Mm. Um. Villains, I think, because they're so fun to write and then it's really satisfying when they get stopped. <laughs> Film adaptation <laughs> or T V adaptation? Ooh, um I don't mind as long as there's chocolate and popcorn. <laughs> what a good answer. <laughs> um escape room game or game of chess. Ooh. Um Escape Room. Yep, yeah, I'm gonna go with escape room.
0: I feel like you'd be really good. In I feel like I'd want you on my team in an escape room game.
1: <laughs> yeah, we play. We we play uh, with my stepsons. We do escape room games, and, and it's great fun. Yeah.
0: Anyway, uh, writing or reading? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, writing. Hogwarts or Narnia? Ooh, Narnia. Laptop or write by hand? bit of both actually i do I, I write by hand um i often wake up in the night with ideas it might just be a word or something from a dream and i scribble it down in the dark in a notebook and then i do all of my main writing on a laptop uh crossword or arrow word mm. um, crossword if it's a cryptic one i like those okay of course of course you do yeah uh, <laughs> bookshop visit or school tour mm. can we have the class in the
0: bookshop you can indeed, yes, the first person to ask, but I'll grant you it. Wormholes or slipstreams?
1: Ooh, ooh, that's so hard. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to go... Oh, slipstream, because I think it'd be fun to, to fly around on a skimmy.
0: Um, do you write nine to five, or do you write when you fancy?
1: Nine to five.
0: Very organised.
1: I'm quite organised, yeah. <laughs> Bolton or Zimbabwe? Ooh, oh, no. Oh, no. Um... Oh, that's so difficult. I might be here for two hours thinking about that. Um, <laughs> zim, are we? Please don't kill me, people from Bolton.
0: I love that's Bolton. You okay. <laughs> off It's fine, I'm sure. Don't worry. The good people of Bolton will read your book and i will be like, it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll Paddington Bear or Winnie the Pooh? Uh, Pooh. Poo. Oh, and finally, the big one, salt and vinegar or
1: cheese and onion? well cheese and onion is an abomination so i have to go for salt and vinegar
0: yes correct. thank you i mean i'm sure you may well have known my uh, my taste on that one but i appreciate you saying it thank you very much you are correct salt and vinegar is the best one uh excellent stuff so uh Owen, erin thank you so much for popping by fun kids and we should say your brand new book is out right now that's right yes so everybody needs to go and buy the 10 riddles of ertha quicksmith get in now because the series is going to be massive get on in the ground floor and then you've got loads of books ahead of
1: you right that's right yes uh can't say exactly how many but there will be more books and if you like puzzles you'll love the series and go out and change your world
0: and you can hear more from loris after this By the way, you can become a book wanderer with Pages & Co, Tilly and the Map of Stories. This year, Journey Beyond the Page. It's third in the modern, classic and best-selling book wandering series that celebrates all that is best in life. Books, adventure, friendship and cake. Yes! Don't miss out on the newest book wandering adventure in the Pages & Co series. Join Tilly as she heads to America to find the legendary archivists and... Save book wandering. Strange things are happening in this newest story in the Pages & Co series. Tilly and Oscar find themselves taking on the biggest threat stories there has ever been, with only their courage and ingenuity to help them. As well as some of their dearest fictional friends. Available in hardback from the 17th of September, it's in all good bookshops, supermarkets and online. We also, of course, have to catch up with what Loris's favourite childhood book is. So now I want to find out what your favourite book was when you were younger, because this is what we do in the podcast. This is an extra special bit for podcast listeners only. Uh, so, Loris, yeah, tell me what book have you chosen?
1: Well, I was very tempted to go with the fighting fantasy series. I don't know whether you remember those books or know those books, where you read along and then you come to a decision and you have to make a choice and then you choose, uh, you have to go to a different page depending on what decision you've made. And I was absolutely obsessed with these books. I read all of them a million times. But in the end, I decided to go with The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe because I think that made such an impact on me as a, as a child.
0: The old school classic. Uh, tell me, what did <laughs> you love about that series?
1: Well, it was just, um, I mean, the whole series was amazing. But the, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, just this incredible feeling to be transported to this other world full of magical characters. And it wasn't the first time someone had done that. But the way that C.S. Lewis did it was was just so clever Um, you know a whole world inside a wardrobe it was just the best idea when I was a little girl I used to I used to go quite often after I'd read this book and check at the back of my wardrobe, look through the clothes and see that there wasn't anything actually there. And sometimes even in other people's houses, I would I would disappear and sneak off and go rooting around in their wardrobes. Just in case they were the ones who had the secret link. Just in case they had the special wardrobe.
0: <laughs> so do you think that book, uh, that must've influenced you writing your current series because you've created a new world. Like I said, it's a bit fantasy, it's an adventure. Do you reckon that kind of had a, an impact on your writing
1: now? Yes, I think so. Um. There are, you know, there are four children in the Narnia series, um, two girls and two boys, and I didn't really have that in mind when I wrote Quicksmith. It actually started out with just Kip and Albert, but suddenly Leela and Timmy appeared, and perhaps there was an influence there in the back of my mind. I like the, ch- the fact that the children in Narnia are, are different ages as well. I think that works really well, and they, they are, that Leela and Timmy, are the year above, uh, Kip and Albert. Um, and of course, there's loads of animals in the Narnia stories, and that was um, another childhood dream of mine, to talk to animals. There are always animals in everything I write. And of course, in riddles, we've got the pinky, the flying squirrel, and the mowl. So um, yeah, I, there was probably an influence there.
0: So tell me, in The Line of the Witch in the Wardrobe, what is your favourite bit of the
1: story? A difficult one, I think when Lucy first goes through the, the wardrobe, obviously that's amazing, it's a real surprise, No one, you're not expecting it. But there was a scene with the snow queen who tempts Edmund with Turkish delight. And after I read this, I was fascinated by this thing, Turkish delight. It sounded so exotic to me and I didn't really know what it was. And I, for some reason I didn't taste, I, I didn't try it for some time after I read the book. I think it might have been because we, we were in Zimbabwe where we didn't have access to the chocolates like that. But when I tried, when I eventually got my hands on a Turkish Delight, it was one of those ones in the purple wrapper, you know, and sort of purple inside, covered in chocolate. And Bex, I was very, very disappointed. That's all I can say. I was going to say, say, Because it did not live up to expectations. It really didn't because, uh, I don't know, I was just expecting this really heavenly taste. but. Um, then I did try proper Turkish Delight later, which is, you know, the ones that sort of taste of rose and, and lemon and they have little pistachio nuts in them, and they're really nice. So I like to think maybe that's what C.S. Lewis had in mind. But I suppose the point about the Turkish Delight is that it was enchanted, so even if it was something that the Snow Queen had found down the back of the sofa, um Edmund would have still thought it was the best thing he'd ever tasted.
0: And does it stand up to rereads? Have you been have you ever been back to line the Witch in the Wardrobe as like a comfort read?
1: I have, uh, but not recently. I have to say my my pile of books to read is, is just increasing daily. And so I don't often have time to go back to these old favourites, but I have reread it. Yes. Oh, well, lovely stuff. Well, thank you so much for sharing your favourite book with us. You're welcome. I hope I hope someone hears this and goes off and reads it as a result.
0: And why don't we have a reading while we're at it?
1: Professor Mo and Leela took Kip through an arched corridor into the next courtyard. It was much larger than the first one and carpeted with lush grass. At the very centre was a tall clock tower of red brick, just like the one on the stamp. It had four faces, looking north, south, east and west, and each face showed a different time. Dotted at intervals throughout the courtyard were about 20 square tents made of white silk. Among the tents were countless flying objects, glowing globes of every size and colour, spinning disks within disks, and floating pyramids with eyes. Kip's own eyes wanted to look everywhere at once, but settled on watching a girl and a boy chasing a bird-sized dragonfly. Jeannie likes to make drones, explained Leela. It's her hobby. Can computers have hobbies? asked Kip. You're forgetting she's super and strange, Leela said. Anyway, welcome to the Quicksmith's Open Day. Expect everything and assume nothing. As if to prove her right, a burst of dark pink fireworks exploded silently against the clear blue sky. The sparkles didn't fade away, but hung in the air, spelling out a word in giant, cloud-high letters. Bang! Kip spun around slowly, looking at all the tents and the children wandering among them. It was as if a red filter had been pulled across the whole scene. Everything's gone red, he said, looking at Leela and Professor Mo for an answer. And everything tastes red. He wiggled his tongue around in his mouth while he tried to work out what was happening. ''Cherry? That's an amazing trick. How do you do it?'' ''No trick,'' said Leela. ''That was a cherry bomb firework. Make the most of it. It only lasts a few minutes.'' ''We won't have time to see everything,'' said the professor. ''So we'll let you choose. Whatever takes your fancy.'' They walked among the tents and Kip read some of the signs out loud. Thought waves, time yarn, slipstream. Eventually, he stopped outside, wormholes just as the effect of the strange firework was fading. As he looked around for an entrance, a pole-thin person wearing a crash helmet and safety goggles ran through the white silk as if it weren't there, nearly knocking them all over. He's got four arms, Kip couldn't help shouting. That's Professor Steampunk, said Leela. He's the head of Strange Invention, and he teaches first-year wormhole technology. Careful, shouted Professor Steampunk. Run away wormhole, stay out of range brilliant stuff thank you so much to loris for popping by fun
0: kids and telling us all about her brand new riddle based book it is properly brilliant remember if you like this podcast tell all of your friends about it like subscribe rate review and of course go and read a few books see ya
1: the fun kids book club with pages and co tilly and the map of stories Strange things are happening. Wandering in layers of story, Tilly Pages and her friend Oscar come up against dangers they could never
0: have expected. So that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com.